This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Blind Fury. We sure are. This movie came out in 1989, directed by Philip Noyce. Noyce. <laughs> Noyce. <laughs> uh, writers Rizzozo Kashara and Charles Robert Carner. Starring Rucker Howard, Terry O'Quinn, and others. Any other notable people here for you guys? I have Brandon Call. Randall Tex Cobb. Come on now. There you go. The the guy that likes flapjacks from Groundhog Day. Which oh, one yeah. is that guy? Yeah, He's one of the flapjacks. goons. Goons. Hired goons. He's one of the goons. One of the two brothers. Okay. I'm assuming they were brothers. It's unclear. Mm-hmm. All right, well, Scott, you nominated this movie. What's your history with it? Uh, I saw this in cable <laughs> at some point. Uh, I can't imagine where else I might have seen it. Uh, I, I suppose it's always possible I saw this in the theaters, but not likely. Um, it's just a, a weird action movie. This this feels like a Golan Globus <laughs> production. Uh, at, at, at points, it felt like I was watching over the top, especially when they get to Reno. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just just uh, this this is a a straight to, to cable deal, even though it was in theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll go next. I didn't see that see this until today. Um, I don't think I even heard of this until <laughs> Scott nominated it the other day. Uh, so yeah, that's my history with it, and I'll talk about it later. Alex, I'm pretty sure I saw this in the movie theaters with uh, my parents. Probably just my dad took us out. This is a martial arts movie. It tosses in the blind thing, puts a new twist on it. Little Zatoichi mm-hmm. thing, the blind swordsman. All right, well, let's get into it. As usual, we're each going to talk about seven items from the movie. Scott, why don't you lead us off? What's number seven? Okay. Um, can, can we just get something out of the way? This is 1989. Uh, there there had to be copious amounts of coke at every stage of production. Uh, this, yep. this movie goes off the rails in several places. Um, but the, the first one I, w- I would like to talk about uh, it's just the the psychotic relationship that Rutger Hauer has with this kid. <laughs> it's yeah. it's super fucked up. Like the kid's mom just died, and he's being an asshole to the kid. And one point, he actually like sits down to tell the kid, you know, what's going on. But the whole time, he's just kind of egging this kid on. And then at, at one point, he's filling up his face, a la Nick Cage and Face Off. Um, it just and then this weird back and forth where they're you know it's an eighties movie uh, this this is a post uh forty eight hours lethal weapon world where they have to have mm-hmm. the 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 buddy relationship 
which never works in this movie nope. at any point. Uh, yeah, just some of the, the dialogue between them. Like, no human beings would ever say these things to each other. Uh, and, yeah, you just... Like, Rucker Howard is just super weird in most of his movies. Uh, and it's definitely that here. But especially when he's dealing with the kid. And is, who's awful, by the way, as, as an honorable mention. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that's my number seven. It's just... I. I don't. I don't know what they were thinking when they put pen to paper to write write the the relationship in this movie. Uh, the, a kind of a I don't know. Again, midnight run, forty eight hours type deal it just never works. Yeah. All right. I'll go next. And my number seven is kind of a sample of that. And that was when it starts raining and they're going out, and then. You know, it's just raining. The rain won't hurt you. And he falls down. And the kid, like, laughs at him. Ah! And then the kid falls down. And then he laughs at him. And then he kid gives him a piece of rock to chew on, calls it gum. And he spits it in his face. And what the yeah. hell? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's yep. this movie. I got to get on the bus completely kicked in mud, too. Like, bus drivers, no, no problem with that whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Bus drivers. Bus driver in this movie have no problem being inconvenienced by this kid. Later on in the movie, they take... <laughs> yeah, they pull around the take, corner. Yeah, take his dad to that. find him, and oh, he's just be having a moment on the bridge. The oh, bus will take God. entire people to Why go Why were they him. taking the bus, by the way? They yeah. had a car. Yeah. They were driving in a car up until that final sequence. They have a car. Zero yeah, reason. Zero reason yeah. to take the bus. It's one of their sponsors, Greyhound. They're going all the way to Alcatraz. This this movie's secretly propaganda for the, the American <laughs> Gre- Greyhound transportation. Yeah. Alright, Alex number seven. My number seven is the the synth music in this movie sucks. It just undercuts just everything. Uh, Blade Runner and eight. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, uh, when they're trying when they're trying to have that moment on the uh on the tram. Where it's like, oh man, I'm sorry, I left you for dead and numb and everything. And they still have the goofy like synth music, like the upbeat tone to it. I'm like, no, <laughs> completely under- undercutting the terrible acting that's going on. And until like he was getting shelled in that sequence, it, it was about one step to the right of the <laughs> the log ride <laughs> from South Park when they're talking about Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> this this yeah. movie is definitely not a comment on on the war, as it were. Nope. All right, Scott, yeah. number six. Number six. Uh, this this actually goes back to him falling in the mud. Like they're they're very inconsistent with just how kind of prescient uh, he is with with his senses. Um. You know, he, he can slice an apple out of the air, but he can slip and fall. Um, it, it it didn't make any sense to me. Um, he gets snuck up on a couple, like, like a few times in the movie. You'd think, like, that would be his thing, was that he could never, no one could ever sneak up on him. And yet it happens more than once. Um, yeah, they, they, they never, like, sometimes he's just, like, Goofy doesn't know what he's doing. Other times he's a murder machine. 
it, it just uh, is too inconsistent for me. Um, yeah, he slices the dude's eyebrows off, which was kind of cool. But then, yeah, again, those two doofuses like managed to get the drop on him in the, in the apartment. None of it makes sense. Can I just say there's there's a number of slices with the sword, which I couldn't tell if they were death blows or or little things like that. I never <laughs> yeah, knew who was dead or just got their clothes later. cut off or whatever. Like it was weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was no blood either. There's right. stumps and this is a yeah, rated there's there's, stumps. There's, there's, there's little like yeah. This was a rated R movie, and it felt like they just they didn't want to go balls out with it. Which would have made it, it so much better. Yeah, it feels like... Uh, I hope this isn't on, on any of you guys' list, but it feels like this was a PG-13 movie and somebody said, no, let's decapitate some hands and put some blood on the blade. Like, at the last minute. Yeah. Could have been. Alright, well then, uh, my number six is a t- was so stupid, but I have to comment on it. Is when he's fighting the... the s- the Japanese guy at the end, and he feels his face. He goes, Japanese, huh? When he feels his eyes. What the fuck? Yeah, he didn't gouge out his eyes or, or claw at his face or something like that to get the advantage. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see where this guy's from. Gosh. Japanese, huh? What the hell? To, to this movie's credit, that, that actor is actually Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> at least they got that right. Wow. Of, of all right. the like, kind of hand-waving of the, the beginning part of, like, Sword masters deep in the jungles of Vietnam. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, that actor actually was Japanese. Okay, and that guy had nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Nope. I I, I was I was so I, I want to talk more about the Bruce Lee line later, but um, oh yeah, I wonder if that was a callback yeah. to that or just they wanted to have an actual sword fight, which which make like makes sense on some level I guess but yeah no he never shows up before then uh, he, you know who he is he's he's like that guy at the end of Tango and Cash that's just randomly there to fight so that so that, so that they, yeah. they can each fight somebody because <laughs> yeah. because uh, Jack Pounce is way too fucking old to be doing stunts mm-hmm. uh, hey, I thought paid good money to see this at the very beginning of this movie, uh, maybe lots of parts of this movie, I wasn't 100% had my attention. <laughs> I thought maybe he was one of the guys at the beginning that was taught him, and it was his master come back or something, because he threw the apple or something. I was like, is that? But then I'm like, this doesn't make sense, because, yeah, I don't know. No. All right, um, so we're on Alex number six. Yep. Uh, going back to the weird relationship between uh, Nick and, and the kid, uh when they're saying their goodbyes in the taxi, that kid is just their 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 faces are way too close. It's there's no other way to take it other yep. than this yep. is yeah. a little bit too romantic for my taste. This is really fucking weird. Nope. <laughs> it was innocent. Nope. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. it was. Nope, it was way too fucking close. No. Nah, uh-uh. it was innocent. It was innocent. It was innocent. It was weird. It was weird, but it was innocent. Yeah. Disagree. All right, well, get yourself checked out, Alex, if you bring all that baggage <laughs> with you to this. 
<laughs> like I said, it's definitely weird, but yeah. I truly believe it was innocent. All right, Scott, number five. Number five is uh, Randall Tex Cobb, who's fucking awesome, by the way. <laughs> one, one of the all-time that guy actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, I laughed out loud in his Rise from the Dead scene. Like, Jeff, you, you talked about not knowing if Deathblow's landing. Because he takes him down, like, when they're in the cornfield. Yeah, exactly. He takes him down, and he's gone, and like, oh, I guess that killed him? And then he <laughs> shows him getting up, and he has, like, not not even, like, a bulletproof vest. He just it's has, a swordproof like, vest. He, he, has, he has the, the like, that one of those sleeveless jackets, basically, <laughs> <laughs> that you'd wear if you were going to go up to the mountains or something. Keep your core warm, right? Uh, and he just gets up and he just starts laughing like he's fucking Frankenstein. It was, <laughs> oh, oh, I was dying. Um, just like knowing that, but the the thing that I, that I I I did not get was if he didn't actually cut him, what knocked him out? So much air coming off of his sword. Uh, that's that's the only thing I can think of is like he was <laughs> he was focusing like so much like. Key or chi or whatever you want to call it. Come, I mean, Zanchin coming off that blade that, uh, yeah, just it, like put him down. Well, I mean, if Rudger Howard was sure that he cut deep enough to kill this guy, I, I'm sure that that didn't feel nice, even though he was wearing a sword proof vest. So that probably knocked the wind out of his solar plexus, knocked him out. But it's like the way that they edited it together, it looked like he woke up like the next day. <laughs> like, yeah. If, it would have been like if, if somehow he'd been covered by like debris or whatever, and then it's, it's like fist smashed out of it. Uh, it's good, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, uh, we're on my number five. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Scott, that was your number five. Yes. Okay. Um, this <laughs> I have more to say about the henchmen and stuff later on in general, but there was one line. As they were shooting the crap out of the uh, gondola or whatever, and this thing's got more holes in it than my daddy's rubber. Oh god! <laughs> well, I guess it was the rated R. I, I, I guess you just answered my question. Yeah. <laughs> and it felt like it was totally after you know added after the fact. And then there's another guy like, "Oh, your daddy wore rubber." Like it was so, so stupid. Mm-hmm. But I did chuckle, so it made my list. That's my number five. Alex. Uh, this movie pretty much just got one laugh out loud moment for me because everything else just didn't land. This movie's not funny. But <laughs> this shit fuck, that one got me. Mostly because I use that phrase a lot. And this is probably where I learned it from. <laughs> shit fuck. Shit fuck. I did, I did like those those two henchmen also in that scene, the ones that don't have any lines. Like, <laughs> yeah. how much screen time those guys got? Like, <laughs> they got to do yeah, some man. acting. They're just some goons, and they they actually got to like emote. I thought that was that was funny to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, Scott, number four. Number four. Uh, so for the most part, the what should have been the the coolest, funnest part of the movie was not very, uh, but. Uh, in the the ultimate 
uh, fight scene in the karaoke bar, I guess, uh, in the, the ski lodge, the chalet, whatever. Yeah, I think uh, it was like a penthouse or something. Right. There was like over the span of like mm, 10 seconds or so after the the Molotov cocktails, which were actually like giant sparklers, uh, <laughs> uh, kept getting thrown <laughs> by yeah. uh, Terry O'Quinn. Um, he, he does, he does a super cool, like 360 slice around this guy's throat, um, that I thought oh, actually yeah. looked really cool. Um, and that got followed up almost immediately by the, the, the nuts to the heart. <laughs> so I, I know, I know Jeff's a big fan of Ball's head, uh, <laughs> but, but nuts heart seemed to be pretty effective. <laughs> First his uh, eyebrows and now this. Yeah, so I thought that was uh, that was an acceptable level of violence for me. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, but but the uh, yeah, but just like the slice around the neck, I thought that was a really cool. Um, like it looked cool. Uh, it it made sense with what he was doing. <laughs> like a lot of the stuff he was doing, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was something that I, I don't think I've ever really seen before. So. Yeah. yeah, it just needed those like over the top. Blood fountains coming out of the neck, something. Yeah, so yeah, definitely some more blood out there. But. Yeah. All right, uh, my number four. Yeah, and this is kind of maybe going with Alex was saying it. Was, sometimes we're supposed to be funny, but it was not. There was two scenes that I'm kind of combining here. It was like how gun grandmas and old people liking the guy, the fact that he sliced a bug in half, like. We gotta get us one of those. Yeah. Rob the old ladies. What? And... <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Who thought this yeah. was funny? So what the yeah. fuck was that? It was a murder Dra- wasp. <laughs> Dragonfly. What the fuck it was? Yeah. It was like a dragonfly. But yeah, it was just so stupid. And... Why would they cut to that? It was, we gotta get us one of those. And, then... and that was they spent money on special effects to have the superimposed wasp. Over the screen, it was. It's was like what? How much of the budget went into the stupid wasp scene? Yeah, <sighs> yeah. we're gonna say half. <laughs> yeah, and then like I said, they, they take the grandma's car and they start. Oh fuck you, Ben Richards! Here's my gun. <laughs> I was amused by that the, the guy's line about. This is why I vote for gun control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, that's number four. So, Alex, number four. I think the one thing that I legitimately liked about this movie and was memorable now was at the very beginning, the training montage scene was legitimately cool. And I thought I was in for a better movie than I remembered, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the the village people just taking them in and then pretty much just teaching them how to survive before they kick them out of the village, but... They were, you know, they were kind of making fun of them at the same time, which was pretty cool. Uh, but the the best scene was when the swordmaster was doing his moves, and Rudger Hauer was like behind him, holding his hands so that he could feel the movements. What was going on? That was mm-hmm. freaking badass. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I agree. It did set up expectations for a movie that was not to follow. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh man, maybe this is better than I remember, and it's rated R, so. Nope. Yeah. All right, Scott, number three. Number three. Uh, I I was utterly baffled by the "Get Me Bruce Lee" line. 
like, I, I think that character was dead serious. And the guy, the, his henchman that he was talking to was taking him seriously. Uh, like, it, at, at some point, both of them thought that Bruce Lee was an assassin you could hire. Like, <laughs> I didn't get that at all. I get that. That made no, like, of all the lines out of everything in this, well, there, actually, there's, there's one thing that made less sense than to me, which I'll get to, but, uh, mm. yeah, it's just such a weird line, because um, at first I thought he was, like, maybe being racist or something, about, like, oh, well, he's doing sword fighting, sort of, so we need an Asian guy. I, I, I don't know where he was coming from on that. Uh, and then... Eventually, you do get the Japanese guy in there <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> with with the katana. Uh, it, it's just such a weird, like I, I, I don't. I, I just I'm utterly baffled by how that made it into the movie. Like of, all, of all the things in this movie, that that baffled me the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember this line because my dad. I remember my dad losing it at the joke. Quote unquote. <laughs> Sir, Bruce Lee's dead. Who can get me his brother? <laughs> he just lost it. <laughs> Who is his brother? The General Lee? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty stupid. Alright, my number three is the Darth Maul ending. Man, George <laughs> Lucas stole the ending of this movie. <laughs> yeah, did, hey. <laughs> It's like literally the same shot. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, slices the guy in half and he falls down, and you don't know he's cut in half. All of a sudden, his torso and yeah. legs are separate. They tumble, and that special effect wasn't terrible for the time. Yeah, that I think. <laughs> yeah, the wasp and the shot was where all the money went. <laughs> so, yeah, number three, Darth Maul ending. <laughs> uh, Alex, number three. Uh, my number three is. Blindness as a superpower, <laughs> which I mean, I know it's it's an '80s movie, '80s action movie, so they they push it <laughs> way beyond the limits of actual human hearing capabilities. But as Scott mentioned before, the the inaccuracies is what really makes it memorable <laughs> because. Yeah, he slips in mud, but he can hear so well that he can consistently win at roulette and then figure out how they're cheating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then get snuck up on by the the stupidest goons ever. And that he doesn't he can he can catch a dinosaur falling out of a damn window, but he can't catch a sword when there's warning here, catch. Yeah. Uh th- I I Completely agree, Alex. Uh, I, I do it's, honorable mention. Uh, I, I do want to say that they did do a couple things that, that indicated like what some of his limitations were. Um, like I really, I really did like the cornfield scene where he's kind of zeroing in on everything. Um, mm-hmm. And I also liked uh, going back to that uh, the karaoke room, how the microphone was really fucking him up. I thought, oh, yeah. I thought like, oh, that's that's that, that makes sense. That's, that's actually pretty cool because he so, he needs to like focus in on this hearing so much that that it, the rest of it is or like to have those uh, like to have that mic 
was was ruining his, his ability to sense things. Yep, I, I think speakers. he just didn't like the sound of his voice. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's me. That sounds terrible. <laughs> All right. Um, was that Scott's or is that still on Alex's? No. Uh, yeah, that was my number three. Okay, so Scott number two. <clears throat> my number two is how did that clay dinosaur survive that movie? <laughs> oh, it dried up by then. I. It's still like it's, you can see when they're when he's like holding it that it's still not dry. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's more like Play-Doh than than clay. Uh, and even if it did harden, like it, it, I just it made no sense to me. Uh, like in, in a different way. So the, the Bruce Lee line, I just baffled like how that even got into the movie. This I I don't understand how how it survived after getting everybody gets constantly tossed around and uh yeah it's it's fine by the end of the movie with the the weird incredible hulk <laughs> back on the highway <laughs> yeah for no reason uh i mean I, I guess he just needed to get away from the kid because he wanted the kid to be with his father or like he needed That's to get away from thought. the kid because he didn't want to like he didn't want the kid to latch onto him, I guess. Yeah, so He'd be the fourth wheel in the family. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, the clay dinosaur. I, I, I was, I was like yelling at my TV. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, All right, stupid TV. Uh, be more funny. Yeah. My number two are the the goons, the henchmen, the hillbillies, and the corn. Um, whatever you want to call them, they were pretty goddamn terrible. And they, but I did laugh at them more than anything in the movie, just how bad they were, and just terrible at their job. But at the to the very first time I paid attention, it was during the the corn scene. I just, I just said hillbillies in the corn. And one guy literally is dressed like hillbilly Jim from WWF, and <laughs> the rest of these guys throughout. Yeah, the, the those two weirdos you already talked about. You already mentioned. Uh, Text. It's just all of them. They were so bad. They're on the elevator and yeah. Hillbillies in the Goons. corn. That sounds like a sounds like a horror movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hillbillies in the corn. That's my number two. Alex. My number two is I like uh, most of the final fight, the final sequence at the uh, ski lodge. Uh, we were talking about some of the cool moves. Uh, the other fight with the Japanese swordsman. It's pretty neat. Some some good stuff there. Even some other stuff didn't make any sense. Um, hey, sorry to interrupt. Was that Ski Lodge? Was that used in one of the Bond movies recently? I don't know if it was Skyfall or the um, Spectre. 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 They there was some kind of tram that they got on yeah yeah like i know there's more than one gondola in the world and it was supposed to be in europe somewhere but just it seemed very it looked very familiar to me the but, uh okay the second kingsman movie also featured a i haven't seen that movie with with uh, mando <laughs> mando anyway sorry go ahead alex no that was it the fun fight was pretty cool Highlight of the movie. And te- big Texas, big Reno, Texas guy was right. I paid good money to see this. 
right. Uh, Alex, I'm sorry, Scott, number one. Number one was the, the being sliced in half at the end. As, as you mentioned, Jeff, Phantom Menace totally ripped that off. <laughs> this, this, the, it did make me laugh out loud, though, because he's screaming and fall. I'm like, okay, that's a suitable 80s death. I feel like that, that was like one of four ways that the main villain was going to die at the end of a, an 80s movie. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just split in half. Uh, yeah, that way over the top. Uh, I, I approve. Uh, and again, uh, somebody, somebody working at, uh, ILM <laughs> must've been a fan of this movie. George Lucas. Probably, it could have been Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Blind Fury? Yeah. Nice. Um, my number one is the early in the movie when you kind of see him kick butt for the first time. It's the hot sauce scene I have marked down here. It was kind of cool. It was well first how over the top these guys bad these guys were. Like oh, I'm just gonna <laughs> fuck with this blind guy because I'm a dick and then I'm gonna <laughs> steal this girl's reason. purse and they're like just biggest assholes in the world. And then to see his first fight and he kind of stumbled through like made it look accidental. I thought that was kind of cool. I like the the quote unquote burrito that he had, like. Somebody on the set just took a tortilla and threw some like <laughs> threw some steak at it. Like there was no, <laughs> it did not look like a real burrito. Well, not by freaking American burrito standards, but that's like a street burrito in Mexico. I've had them. Really? Hey, they're go. little. They're longer in Mexico, but they're ju- they're just as thick. They're like thin burritos, so you can like smash two or three of them. They're really good. Okay. I did like the, I the, the one goon pulled out the switchblade and was like, give me the purse. I'm like, you you know that guy's blind, right? <laughs> <laughs> he could hear yeah. it. Click. Yes. The dreaded switchblade opening. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yep. All right, Alex, number one. My number one is I like Rudger Hauer in this role. Um... There's some iffy moments, of course, but the the way that he plays it, like his whole look is, <laughs> it looked like yeah, a blind man dressed him, which he did, almost like uh, a little foreshadowing here, almost like Weekend at Bernie's. He almost looked like Bernie with his whole outfit, but that uh, um, lent to his uh, being. What am I trying to say here? Underestimated with his whole goofy look. They never, uh, they never did show him shave. He should have had like doesn't... five o'clock shadow at some point in the movie. Yeah, did. that's true. Oh, well, no, he's just... so blonde that it's like invisible. <laughs> it could have been. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I like I like Rutger Hauer's take uh, on the character. He's he's a little bit off, mainly because maybe he took that mortar in the face, so he's not all there anymore in his new life experiences and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, overall, I like the character. It itself. All right. Um, any honorable mentions? Um, just to go back to one thing I said about how, and, and Alex did too, about the inconsistencies about like what he could actually sense and not. Because mm-hmm. he kept fucking walking right into traffic. Traffic. Yeah, but he knew exactly when the cars were coming. That's why he never got hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like the very first shot of the movie. Oh, sorry. Very first shot after the twenty years later 
which by the way we we haven't talked about. Like what the fuck has he been doing for the last twenty years? But um, yeah, he walked all the way to America. He walked the earth, yeah. Full yeah. Of Jews. Uh, but like he almost gets hit by that that car. Like, it's, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Should not be walking in traffic. No. Yep. I think uh, he was just trying to get an insurance claim. So <laughs> I'm already blind to know. He hit me with his car. Uh, I have two honorable mentions. One, I don't know if uh, the kid's mom was a complete bitch or if Rudger Hauer, Nick, just wanted to show off. But why? Why was he pouring the tea? At the that like it was like why is she making him pour the tea? Or did he insist just to show off? I think he insisted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm blind, but I can perfectly pour you a cup of tea. Yeah. And uh, the other one was at the very end. <laughs> you know, time had passed. Everybody's, you know, uh, after that final fight and that whole traumatic experience, they want to move to San Francisco and they're going to go do whatever. But it, it's clear that some time has passed. But Rutger Howard's still wearing the same shitty, bloody clothes that he has the entire movie. There's like bloodstains from the <laughs> Yeah, no, they're closed. The clothes magically get cleaned up. It, like after that scene where he cuts the uh, the wasp in half. Oh yeah, that too. But yeah, I mean, the Rick kid has like a cut on his face that magically goes away. Well, it healed over time, <laughs> over a few hours. Yeah. All right, let's rate this. Um, as on as usual, we rate on a scale of one to seven. Seven being perfection, one being absolute garbage. Scott. Uh, Where on this scale would you put this movie? This is not a good movie. Uh, no. <laughs> this is, uh, it, it does have its... I, for me, it has its charms. This is a good, bad movie. Um, I think I would feel bad giving this a three because I, I'd, I'd watch it again. Like I, I recommend this again for, like I said, a, a bad movie night. Uh, there, there's there's enough going on from scene to scene to to, to poke fun at, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll give it a four. Okay, I give it a three. I did not like it. It's <laughs> not we've you've recommended way worse, so I can't get a two or one. But it was pretty bad. Alex, uh, I'm gonna give this a four. I've been teetering between three and four, but yeah, I think there's just enough. For it not to fall into I hate it category. It's more, yeah, I'm lukewarm towards it with a couple of okay moments. Okay. Just laying out three does not mean you hate it. It means you don't like it. Right. Right. Just let you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, uh, go to our crossover topic, which is what, Scott? Uh, so, top five unorthodox fighting styles. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into that, real quick though, just one more thing that I thought was weird was that Tim Matheson produced this movie. I guess he was a big fan of the Zatoichi movies, TV Who's series. Who's Tim Matheson again? Uh, so let's see. Football player? <laughs> no, um, actor has been in a million things. Um, Animal House. He's he's odd. Oh, okay. That. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so on to the list. Um, I will go ahead and start with um, this one's again kind of cheating, but I always like to bring this up whenever I can. 
Uh, so top five unorthodox fighting styles. Uh, number five is Frank Castle, uh, the Punisher. Um, which is just basically getting, letting himself get shit kicked out of him <laughs> until he can finally get an opening. <laughs> so basically his, his fighting style is to take a beating, the old rope-a-dope, I guess, uh, except it's much, much more extreme. Uh, ba- basically um, takes so much punishment that you wear your opponents down. <laughs> like Homer Simpson in the boxing episode. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now's your chance. Nudge him. Like Conan O'Brien, the gentleman masher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's funny because my number five is Rocky Balboa. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Exactly. Block, block punches with his Blocking face. punches with his face yeah. until the opponent tires out. <laughs> oh. You're I, so bad. <laughs> I thought of the Simpsons one first, and then I decided to go with Rocky because it's basically the same thing. So. <laughs> yes, the, the blocking punches with your face is, is pretty strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, uh, Alex, number five. Speaking of getting hit in the face as a fighting style, Wimp Low from Kung Pao entered the fist. <laughs> Much higher on my list. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> How do you like your foot to my face style? Yeah. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> it's good. It's a good one. All right, uh, Scott, number four. Uh, number four is, is is certainly one we won't have to explain to Jeff. Uh, but for the mm-hmm. for the rest of our audience, um, from Final Fantasy VI, right? Uh, I'll, I'll let you take a guess here, Alex. <laughs> is it uh, uh, what's his face suplexing the train? Uh, that's awesome, but not unorthodox. I don't know. That's pretty unorthodox. It's pretty unorthodox. Now you bring it up. For the most part, is like you're just doing that stuff against normal, you know, whatever. But uh, oh yeah, that's true. Uh, but no, I was gonna go with Gao. Uh, oh yeah, damn it, that's good. So you you go, you go down, go on down to the belt. Uh, tell him to, to go study something. He comes back later, and then he can he can use that fighting style, and you can just keep collecting them throughout the game. And most of them are useless, <laughs> mm-hmm. or, or actually worse than useless. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're you're actually like fighting uh, handicapped a lot of it if, if, if you if you use them. But uh, still, really really cool thing. I remember, um, you know, being super hyped for that game and and reading up on like the one or two magazine articles that were available at the time, uh, and uh, just. Thinking about it, like, oh, it's going to be so awesome to use that guy. And it really wasn't. But it's still fun. It's still cool. Uh, so, Gal number four. All right. So, I actually had a tough time with this list. Uh, for this one, it's not unorthodox to us. But to, in the world, at least the region, it was unorthodox. So, I'm going to go with Arya Stark's sword fighting that she learned oh. from Serial Pharrell and the, the, the dance dancing. the water dancing nice right so oh, to wow. Westerosi's right that was it was unorthodox compared to how they fought you know over in Bravo so I guess it wouldn't be as unorthodox but in her area it was unorthodox so yeah Arya Stark let's bring some love back to Game of Thrones yeah yeah you know it's really sad you know trying to think of, of things to watch and and 
keep yourselves busy during like the quarantine. I've had zero, like it has, it's never crossed my mind to try to rewatch Game of Thrones. I know, same here. I was something came up the other day, and I mentioned I saw a scene. I was like, ah, oh, I gotta go back. Who cares if the last season wasn't that great? Go back and rewatch it. <laughs> Feel the love for the Starks and the Lannisters and the watch, watch Hard Home again. Yeah. Close. What is it? The hold the door. Okay, I'm gonna cry. Um, <laughs> Alex, number four. Uh, my number four is uh, one of uh, Jeff's favorite anime series of all time, <sighs> Samurai Champloo, <laughs> and Mugen, one of the titular swords master characters, has a, an extremely unorthodox style where he's basically improvising almost all of his moves, and it a, a lot of it looks like he's uh, break dancing at the same time. It looks really cool. Uh, I love it. I, I gotta watch that series again. It's really good. Yep, it's good stuff. I was thinking about the yeah. the, the other day the uh, the the woman with the oh with the spear. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what kind of spear that was, but yeah, she the lady with the spear. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was really cool. All right, uh, Scott, number three, number three, drunken boxing. Oh, uh, higher. Uh, you know. Sp- Specifically, we, we we did Legend of Drunken Master. God, was that before the quarantine also? That was yes. a while ago. Yeah. Ah, losing all track of time here. Um, yeah, just the, the whole idea that uh, you got to get drunk. The drunker you get, the better you get at it. Like bowling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just just how unorthodox it is, and unpredictable, and you, you do things like that, the, the corkscrew headbutt, the uh, biting, <laughs> which I suppose you could do in any fighting style, really. Uh, but yeah, just how uh, like wobbly uh, the stance is, uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. So. Dragon Boxing. Um, we did that over a year ago. Yeah, that feels like we did that less than that. <laughs> yeah. And I look at the ratings. It says Jeff in A. So maybe you guys did this one without me, or maybe I wasn't able to watch it. Huh. So I don't know. Because I was going to say, I really don't remember doing this. <laughs> hmm. um, anyway, uh, surrounded by number three, which is, it's in the spirit of this movie that we just watched, and it would be Daredevil, Matt Murdock. Using yep. his the sonar and basically, you know, everything, all this other cool stuff that he's got going on. So, since we just watched the whole movie about it, I'm not going to talk about it, but yeah. Nice. His, is, I yeah. like, is better. But To, um, to be fair, Matt, yeah, Matt Murdock kind of emulates the, the Frank Castle style of getting the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> A little bit, That's yeah. That's true, too. And the show, I don't think I ever saw the final season, too, which makes me upset. I, I need to go back and do that. Yeah, I'm, is, it, is it still on Netflix? Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, I, I was a few episodes into that third season. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Alex, number three. My number three is Flash Gordon is alive. <laughs> Flash Gordon, Gordon alive? that is very un- un- unorthodox American football style of fighting. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, still, I love that movie so much. Flash. So I was I was reading an article uh, yesterday. Uh, Brian Blissett, um This could all be apocryphal, but 
Um, Prime said, met the queen uh, once, and she told him that Flash Gordon's her favorite movie, and that she watches it with her like great grandchildren and stuff, her grandkids, uh, like on the holidays. And uh, she had him quote lines for the movie whilst he was uh, in her presence. Did she knight him? Yeah, I think he, I think he was knighted. I don't know if that was when she was telling him that stuff. But I think was... <laughs> in between, <laughs> in between trading the sword from one trailer to the other, she's like, "Say the line." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, he might be. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Sir Brian Blessed. I don't know, but uh, I just thought I thought, I thought that was a, a funny story. But the the, the the Flash Gordon is is the Queen of England's favorite movie. <laughs> That's awesome. That awesome. I hope it's true. All right, uh, Scott, number two. Number two is uh, Poe from... Oh, God, my brain just shut up. Uh, from Kung Fu Panda. Oh, um, damn, that's good. Yeah. So, he, for, for like, just a few frames of animation at the end of the movie, he's actually using bear style, which which is awesome, but that's not orthodox. The unorthodox part comes in where he's just panda style. <laughs> so just a lot of him bouncing and using his fat and uh, mm-hmm. uh, like redirecting uh, the, his, his opponent's uh, force against him. Um, and then just a lot of improvisation. Um, I, again, that, that final sequence in Kung Fu Panda is, is one of my favorite things in, in this uh, earth. Yeah, Earth, yes. Um, I was about to say decade, but I guess millennia, because we're we're twenty years in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Kung Fu, Kung Fu Panda, Pose, Panda style. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, my number two is the Batman. With all his smoke screens and gadgets and yeah, theatrics. Theatrics, making people swear I mean, to him. <laughs> swear, just, just the brute force of his, his stuff, um, and not actually killing people, just breaking their everything they have. <laughs> it's paralyzing everybody. <laughs> I still, I, I've been playing the Arkham games again, and just taking on a mob of like 10, 15 guys, and just like punch this guy in the face. Go over twenty feet, punch this guy in the dick. Go over here, punch this guy <laughs> in the sternum, and just go just all over the place. With smoke screens, with batarangs, with uh, grappling hooks and electric charges and all that stuff, it's it's fun. Batman's the best. I do I do think that that the Batman movies definitely. Now that you bring it up, Jeff, they definitely don't feature enough dick punching. Because <laughs> Batman, like yeah. punching Robin. Ba- Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> Take that, Grayson. Bam. Yeah, it's an easy target. Uh, yeah, Bert, Bert Ward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I, I was gonna say, Batman a hundred percent would punch people in the dick. Oh yeah, yeah. Hot take. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he punched the guy. Who are you? He, put, he did a little dick punch. That's why his voice was so high. <laughs> Batman. All right, uh, Alex, number two. My number two is General Grievous from the two D animated cartoon uh clone war series i oh, just he, 
General Grievous is not going to be any more badass than he was in that in that cartoon. It was so fucking cool. And then he's traded, especially training with Dooku and everything, and Dooku goes, no, go for the unorthodox attacks. And then he all of a sudden pulls a lightsaber with one of his feet, and he's attacking with three lightsabers at once. Awesome. Um, just a side Forget. note. Uh, I know in the past you guys have joked about how I don't listen to the podcast. Uh, but I was actually listening to the podcast. And uh, I went back and listened to uh, a few episodes, but one of them was the solo uh, Star Wars story episode, <laughs> and I recommend that one because we were all on fire. <laughs> and also, I do not remember being that angry when we recorded. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that movie just makes people mad. Yeah. So, but what? Yeah, I, I, but I, I, part of the reason I bring that up though is uh, I remember I was bitching about how um, you needed to understand what's going on with Darth Maul at the end of Solo. That you needed to have watched the Clone Wars stuff. And I thought that was too much. And uh, Jeff had countered with the Marvel stuff. Um, to, to which I said the Marvel stuff was good. So. <laughs> that sounds about right. But no, like well, I think my argument was that well, those are like the movies as opposed to the side thing. But uh, anyways, I'm, I'm definitely digressing more than usual. Uh, go, listen to the, go listen to old episodes of the podcast, people. We've got some good stuff. Yeah, do it. Yeah, do it. Yeah, they're free. Um, <laughs> you ingrates, they're free. Just take them. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we leave off there? <laughs> Whose was stars. that? Alex, are you number two yet? Yeah, General Grievous is my number two. Yeah. Okay, so all right, Scott, number one. Number one is Gunkata, uh, which shows oh, up in different, fucking shit. different places. That's a good one. Um, Spike uses it a lot in the Cowboy Bebop. Um, yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't do it a lot in um, the Cowboy Bebop movie that we watched. So uh, Jet doesn't have much frame reference for that. But mm-hmm. uh, more in line, though, is the, the Grammaton clerics from Equilibrium. Yeah, i got to watch yeah. that movie again. It's been a while. So, I feel like there should just be a cut of that movie that's just the fight scenes. Because I don't really need anything else from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Scene Bean. The, scene Bean, yeah. Um, the the gun kata is is rad. That movie has a a guy getting sliced in half at the end, it does. but vertically, not horizontally. Yeah, yeah that's good stuff. I think uh, that was just his face. I think if we went, oh, okay, if we if we went his back, uh, I bet I bet one of us mentioned that on our list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tate Diggs, your beautiful face. Yeah, what a destroy spoilers. <laughs> All right, uh, my number one is Wimplo. <laughs> Balls to your knee technique. <laughs> yeah, from Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. Uh, I haven't seen that one in a while either. I gotta watch <laughs> we have purposefully trained him wrong. <laughs> yeah, let's see how you take my nuts to your knee technique. Whoa. Well, if you guys are alive, then surely Wimplo. Oh. <laughs> So that's my number one, Alex. My number one is Jackie Chan Drunken Boxing. It's been my favorite ever since I saw uh, Legends of Drunken Master in theaters. It's amazing. That's it. Enough said. Very cool. That was an honorable mention for me because I don't think I've actually seen the whole thing, so I didn't want to add it to my list. Recommend. 
great film. Yeah. yeah. All right. Any other honorable mentions? Uh, I guess not. Gunkat is really fucking good. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, there's uh, Quack Fu from uh, fucking uh, Howard the Duck. <laughs> okay. That's all I can it's, think of. <laughs> it's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball. So I think, except for football, all the sports are over, right? Yep. Uh, there's probably soccer going on somewhere. Well, yeah, that's a count. Yeah, I guess. Uh, as well, it's looking like the COVID train isn't going to be slowing anytime soon. So, uh, yeah, uh, I want to pose a question to you guys. How do you think sports are going to handle starting up a new season coming into next year? Yeah, I know that's a. I could answer for hockey, and they're really struggling with it. They they said December. They've pushed already to January. Now they're talking February. Uh, the big thing is, is they're losing money. And if they, they can't do the bubble for a regular season, they said they can't do that. And they can't allow fans. So they're just not making money. So they, there's rumors they may not even have a season. But if they do, they're going to force it. They're going to try to align the division so there's very little travel. Like the Canadian teams won't even, can't even compete against the American teams. And then like the California teams would just stay. Like, it would be like, I think we talked about this. We like the Kings, Ducks, Sharks, Vegas, Arizona. They just stay as local as possible. But I don't know. I think... I don't know. I really don't know. I think they'll do it because America loves sports. And they'll they'll do it no matter what. But Mm. it's going to be different. And I think it'll be more like... It won't be as successful as the NHL and NBA playoffs. Or it'll be more like how baseball and football have been. Where there are going to be cases. So so it's... uh kind of sport by sport basis here because they they readjusted the end of the the hockey and basketball seasons right. by a lot. So I guess I get this is me just speculating here. One of the things they can do is if they just wait for the normal yes, they're still losing money at that point, but if they just wait to go back to when like the normal season would start again. Um, yes there'll be a bigger gap there. But the landscape may have changed by then. Um, Hopefully, maybe yeah. At that point, like if there is a vaccine, um, you know these these guys have the money that they can they can get a hold of it. Um, I don't know if that'll affect yeah yeah. I don't know if that'll affect the fan base all that much. Um, the average fan. Um, that's one thing they can plan to do because so like basketball usually starts um, in October. So they basically have a whole year at this point. Um, whereas hockey starts around the same time, Jeff? Yeah, hockey starts uh, like early October. Yeah, so they, they have almost a whole year. Baseball is the one that's kind of in a weird spot. Because, yeah, they're, they're, they're supposed to start their spring training like a couple months from now. <laughs> it's so weird to me. Like I feel like because spring training was going on when the quarantine happened. And so I, I kind of like... That's kind of where my mindset is with this stuff. But, uh, yeah, baseball is the one that is really going to have to evaluate what they want to do. Um, from from a – because they, they ended their season basically when they usually do. Um, but, yeah, they usually start early on. And then, yeah, the spring – like baseball is the only one that really has the huge production. Um, yeah, there's preseason for other sports. 
but yeah, I think you get away with those like with a, a lot less strenuous schedule. Um, obviously, you can do the same thing in baseball, um, but yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think baseball is the it's gonna be the one to kind of set the the tone here coming up. That's it. Yeah, sports. Mm-hmm. Sports. Did anything ever happen with any other Dodgers with the whole Justin Turner thing? Is there any announcements that the team all got infected? No one got infected. They're all dead, Jeff. <laughs> but was it in the news cycle? Like any other uh, one? Got I don't to... think I don't. I I haven't been following, but yeah, I haven't heard all anything. Right. All right, it's time for Neam News. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Okay, uh, so I'll leave off one particular item because I think. Uh, Jeff will definitely want to talk about it. But uh, I've been mentioning the last few weeks, I think. I've been watching the Avatar stuff. Um, I think previously I'd finished up... I mentioned finishing up uh, The Last Airbender and watching Legend of Korra. Um, I finished Mm -hmm. Legend of Korra, and and, uh, I really enjoyed it. I really like where they went in the the last couple of books, which is what they they call the seasons, uh, these four books. Um, I really, I really like what they did with the character, um, by by the end, um, and there, there's definitely a, a the, the character arcs you can track um, throughout throughout all the seasons. I thought it was really thoughtful, um, and and I and you know without saying too much, again, I really uh, liked uh, where some of the characters wound up. Um, on top of that, the the animation I thought was was better. Um, than, than the previous series um, and yeah I'm kind of sad that it's done now <laughs> uh, uh, yeah but uh, yeah again totally recommend it um, both both the, the series are on Netflix uh, the, the other thing I wanted to talk about was just on a whim uh, there, there are two things that I'm looking for to get on 4K uh, one of them is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World which there, <laughs> there's rumors that that's going to happen, but there's no dates for it. The other one, though, is Lord of the Rings. Um, nah, it's nudie elves from Rivendale. <laughs> uh, and it's coming uh, next month to be... Just like the Eagles. The Eagles are coming to beat the Cowboys by a little bit. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, December 1st, I think. There will be a the extended versions will be on 4K Blu-ray, um, for or UHD whatever you want to call it, um, and I would have definitely been super hyped to snap that up, but apparently there's going to be a super collector's edition that's going to follow in the summer, that's also going to have the, the UHD Blu-rays and some additional footage and other stuff. Um, I don't know. This is. I'm I'm really gonna have to think about this because <laughs> uh, I've been I've been jonesing for for 4K version, but most important of all, and uh, I don't know maybe I'll I'll, have, I'll need Jeff to buy them first, but <laughs> I want to know if you have to get up to change the discs because huh. I was uh, mildly infuriated uh, when when I got my Blu-ray version of, of Lord of the Rings. And they still have two separate discs for, yeah, for each version. When they 100% will fit on one, 
So uh, hopefully they've remedied that that particular issue. Um, Do you have a UHD player? Is that like your PlayStation or something? Uh, my, my Xbox One X. The, the the latest one Xbox One does because mine doesn't. The, so the okay so no, <laughs> we're gonna no, dive no, into all the Xbox no, stuff. No, I was, I was gonna say, <laughs> all the so names. The Sony, whose fucking technology it is, does not support it. Like on on any on any of their PlayStations, you can stream in HD UHD, but you can't you can't play UHD Blu-rays for some unfathomable like like reason on the on the PS4 Pros. Um, on the Xbox side, I'm not sure what how the S's work exactly. I'm pretty sure they can stream UHD, but the Xbox One X series um, can play UHD Blu-rays in all of their glory. Gotcha. Um, which is basically how I talked myself into buying one. A while is ago. that the one that's? Well, what's the one that's coming out this month? So. The one that's coming out. Is, <laughs> yeah, I knew it. The, We're getting into it. Is the Xbox Series X, not to be confused with the Xbox One X, or the Xbox Series S, or the Xbox Series S. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's Xbox. I forget one's in there, but the Series X. Um, the one looks like an obelisk, as I've been calling it, even though it's not really an obelisk, but the tower. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that those those. I, I think those all support. If you get the one that actually plays discs, um, because they're selling a version that doesn't have an optical drive. Yeah, gotcha. that's the S, the one that's um, hard drive only. Right, so, and it's a little, it's a little less powerful. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they, they it supports it though. Uh, I'll pro- if I get it, I'll probably just get the the digital download anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, anyways, right, that's cool. all I want to talk to. I'm, I'm excited about this. I got tough decision to make whether I want to hold out for six months or whatever. Uh, Alex, anything you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I'm a little late to the party, but I'm playing Zelda Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild, and I'm really like it. Welcome to the party, uh, pal. Yeah, I know. For me, it solves the problem that I have with a lot of uh, open world games, in that I do like pretty much as much of the side quests as I can before going on to the main story so I can go through it uninterrupted. But by that time, I'm so overpowered that all the enemies or bosses or anything like that are just a joke in the main story. And they kind of feel like, oh, man, this would have been like a really tough, you know, tense boss fight if I you know didn't finish off this robot dinosaur in one arrow. Uh, but Zelda, you kind of can't do that because, well, there's no experience, for one. Uh, the strength of your weapons relies solely on, of course, the strength of your weapons. And you can buff yourself, of course. But all, all the resource management that you have to do kind of balance that out. So even though you're in, uh, you do a bunch of side quests and everything, and you have a bunch of items, if you're not careful, one of the story bosses could still nail you pretty hard. So uh, I'm really enjoying it, aside from the whole, you know, exploration of Hyrule and everything as well, which is pretty fucking amazing. Glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, thank yeah, you. That Birthday present. Games rough. <laughs> also, it's yeah, it's, it takes it's, a... it's a one of the rare games you can play in front of the boys because a, a lot of the games that <laughs> you're into that's that's no bueno. Yeah, I can't. 
And I can't even do that now because they stress me out. <laughs> when they're watching me play and there's a Lionel coming at me, they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, he sees you, daddy sees you. It's like, shut up. <laughs> this is tense enough already. I can't do this. Uh, yep. Game's awesome. All right. Good luck on your quests. Well, well, thank you. Uh, anything else, Alex? Nope, that's it. But Alex, you should be thankful your boys are there because it's dangerous to go alone. It is dangerous to go alone. <laughs> it's a secret to everybody. Right, Jeff, <laughs> uh, what do you want to talk about? Uh, well, a couple things. Uh, R.I.P. Sean Connery. Oh yeah, yeah. R.I.P. We uh, we lost the, one of the favorites, I think, here at Han's shop. First, we haven't mm-hmm. done any Bond movies. Scott, your list is you're the Bond guy of the group. Get some Bond movies. Well, I thought there. I had some. Yeah. No, I do. I hundred percent do. Uh, I th- I think what you meant to say though, Jeff, was that we lost him. We lost him. <laughs> Um, that sucks. Um, yeah. I think we 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 all love The Rock, not Dwayne mm-hmm. Johnson. The movie. Well, I, I, well, uh, we love, I love both. The Rock too. Yeah, sure. But um, anyway, R.I.P. him. And then yeah, the big thing. That, uh, oh, I've also I'm catching up on the boys. I'm like through episode four in season two, so I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> I have, I have yeah, hurry started. up so we can talk about it. <laughs> I, have, I have not started season two yet. Yeah, yeah is it all out good? Yet? Yeah. You can just binge binge all of them. Yep, they're all done. Right. Um, like I mentioned, I'm re going through Arkham Knight again, which I I love. The Star Wars Rogue Squadron game or whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of I'll keep playing it, but it's kind of sad. It's boring. And then, um, yeah, speaking of Star Wars, Mandalorian season two episode one premiered this week. Uh, oh wait, <laughs> he's bringing Game of Thrones back. Uh, spoiler yeah, it was really good yeah spoiler I mean we could talk a little bit about it if you yeah. want I just released by the way Patreon listeners I just uploaded a, finally a Jeff Talk Star Wars did a whole review on, on it but um, we the three of us here can talk about it um, I really enjoyed it I think there's alright so yeah spoiler alert I love that we went back to Tatooine uh, love seeing Banthas and Sand People and all that I, stuff. I fucking, I fucking loved that one shot when the sand sand person is cleaning the bantha teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. Awesome. Oh, I love the the sand people going in single file to hide <laughs> the numbers. It's the yeah. first time I've ever seen it. You just Obi Wan talks about it, but this one we actually saw him. I thought that was cool. Um, but yeah, and then the the big reveal at the end. So, so With, question for you guys. You guys are the Star yeah. nerd experts. Um, I, I'm a fan, but not nearly, as I've said many times before, not nearly on the same level as you guys. Is is Boba Fett, was Where? he a Mandalorian, or did he just get a hold of the power armor? I think that's what we're going to learn. Yeah, cause... I, I think the stories have changed throughout the years, because I'm not, you know, the old legacy stuff, the legend stuff. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, he wasn't ban- born on Mandalore. We know that, right? He's a clone. Um, and as we're learning in season one, Mandalorians, it's a way of life. It's a way. It's not a race or a, pe- right, a set of people. So right, right. Cr- he may have, between the time his, when Jango Fett died and we see him return, or Empire Strikes Back, maybe he was brought up by them. I don't know. I think that's something we're going to learn. I, I did. I, so I did. I, you probably talked about all this stuff, Jeff. But I do love that we get more of the, the lore... Um, 
where it makes sense that Mando freaks out, like, give me that armor right now. Like, <laughs> he doesn't even want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, you bring up a good point with uh, Boba Fett. Like, well, what happens if you lose the armor? Does that mean you're not a Mandalorian anymore? So, like you said, we'll, we'll probably learn about all that. Um, hopefully, all those horrible the whole time. Come, yes. Come <laughs> the answer is yes. You're not a Mandalorian anymore if you lose the armor. Right. It seems like there's a lot of ways to, to like get kicked out of the, or not kicked out of, but whatever. But to lose oh, your Mandalorian status. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe all the <laughs> it'll all come to fruition. All that stuff. All that bullshit in the prequels. Because it's the yeah. same actor. Uh, yeah, and I guess it's not 100% certain that it is Boba Fett, right? I mean, it could be an old clone, right? There's no reason that, the, that has to true, be Boba Fett. But it is definitely the same actor. So, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure it is. But it could be, you know, Commander Cody or one of those guys from the Clone Wars. It, it is possible. Yeah. Uh, um, sorry, I, I know what? I'm doing a lot of talking here. But uh, I also, I'm a big Timothy Oliphant fan. Oliphant. Yeah, um, he like he he's basically he playing the, the grizzled sheriff at this point, <laughs> and he's he's good here as as that as that same character again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay, when he made the first appearance and he's in the Boba Fett armor, what did you guys think? Like, do you think that was Boba Fett? Did you think it was? No, because I heard him talking, and it's like, oh, is, I wonder how he got out of the Sarlacc pit. And then as soon as he said his first words. He didn't sound Polynesian, so I knew it wasn't him. So, but yeah. when you first saw him, though, even seeing him, he looked weird. He looked skinny, and I don't know, something looked different about so, him. So, yeah, yeah, he was he was so skinny that I I didn't think it was Boba Fett. And then he talked, and I, I actually thought, is that Timothy Oliphant? And then the helmet came off. And, yeah. yeah. And then I wasn't sure if it was Boba Fett's armor either at first until he set the helmet down, and there was the big dent in the forehead. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Overall, I thought it was really cool. I guess I go in more details. Um, it's interesting that it's just another side quest, right? I mean, he's just trying to meet a Mandalorian who will put him on the quest to find these space wizards. And then they find out, okay, well, this wizard, in order, but in order to meet the Mandalorian, you have to do this. And he's not even a real Mandalorian. So you have to kill a crate dragon, which was cool to see one of those for the first time. I didn't yeah. think they'd be graboids. <laughs> I thought they'd be flying <laughs> things. Shy, shy, another, shy halud. Yeah, probably another species. Species, yeah. spicy species. So, um, oh, that was to, cool. to, to that, Jeff. I'll say, um, I, I felt like this this episode was more than anything else, just a, like a catch up episode. Like, hey, here's for for people that have kind of sat on it for a while. Here's what what Mando's all about. Like, in case you forgot that he was a badass motherfucker. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Could be, but like season eight was a lot of those just one off episodes, just like. Yeah, him just doing side quests like Alex, <laughs> Alex style, just doing side quests. Yeah, yeah, get OP. Well, they did introduce <laughs> the the Marshall character, so they did. But it was weird. He had no uh, Gia Carana or Paulo Creed in this episode, which <laughs> I'm assuming we'll get more of them. We got we got plenty of John Leguizamo though. We did. Um, what? He's playing the site. He played the Cyclops guy at the beginning. Oh really? Oh okay. Yeah. I don't know. Cool. Did, did did you guys think that that looked a lot like the Cyclopses, Cyclopes from uh, Kroll? No, I don't remember Kroll. So yeah. I, I wondered. Actually, I, I asked this aloud in my in my uh, Patreon episode. 
have we seen that species before? I know there was like one Cyclops character, I think, in the cantina. And I don't know if it's the same. Did you recognize him at all, Alex? Or mm, it, it just looked vaguely, vaguely familiar to me. So it could have been. We could have seen yeah. a flash of him in the cantina. Yeah. And then, uh. sorry, one one last question for me, and then I'm then I'm done. I swear. Um, I watched the recap, and I think I brought this up when you we were talking about season one before. But when uh, I don't remember the character's name, when Jean Carlos Esposito cuts his way out of the the pod or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a lightsaber, right? It's like something else, right? It's a dark saber. Yeah, dark saber. Okay. And it's a Mandalore. It it's a Mandalore uh, artifact, from what I know. It's in the Clone Wars cartoons, which I don't know much about. Okay, but it's not. Um, it's not like a vibro, whatever, right? No, it's not a vibro weapon. Okay. But it is twice as fast as a lightsaber. Yeah. Huh? For Never Ending Story 2 fans out there. I don't know what you're talking about, but... <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, like so, Baby Yoda, cutaways, cute moments. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But I like that he's kind of the side. Hiding, hiding in the spittoon, that was cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was a little... I love the Western aspect, obviously. They were going for it hard on here. And then having the... The, the Tusken Raiders and the Weequays act more like the natives and stuff like that. A little too much sign language and grunting going on in this movie. <laughs> like, it felt a little bit like the beginning of the holiday special where you just heard Wookiees talk for the first 15 minutes. <laughs> a little bit over that, the sand people grunts, but it was cool. I like what they did with them there. Uh, well, what they're doing with them. Yeah, my tiny grips was that I think Bando himself was just speaking too much. Like he had that whole exposition explaining how the trap is gonna work. I was like, I, I didn't need all this. Yeah, well, there was a couple times. He's like, there it is. That's the dragon. You're like, no shit. He was like, what's his face from episode one? And then it looks her droids. <laughs> um, he told the when he landed on most ice, then he talked to that uh, what's her face's character, which I really don't like. Amy Sedaris's character, and he's like, "I'm I've been given a quest, and I have to find a Mandalorian so I can get into the Coven." And like, why she don't care, man? She wish would yeah. fix your ship. Yeah, but that's the, for the audience. Yeah, I know it was. It was exposition for the audience, but it was badly done. Like, there's a better way to do this. Um, but overall, I really liked it. It was long. Yeah. I don't know if all the episodes are going to be that long. Um, I don't think so. I mean, the other ones clocked in around forty minutes, even less sometimes. So yeah. yeah. I, but maybe God, this season. God bless John Favreau. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, and he directed stadium. this one, which he didn't direct any last year. So, yeah, maybe that's why he was all talky. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, that's all I got. So, any last things? Uh, nope, I think I'm good. Yeah. All right, um, yeah. So, just another reminder to go check out our Patreon uh, at Hans Shop first. Uh, get episodes of Quotes from Springfield and the new, uh, like I said, I break down my thoughts a little more detail on that on the Mandalorian, and I'll try to do that one per episode. Other than that, thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay smart. Uh, vote safely. Yes, vote safely, yeah, and hopefully we get through this. Yeah. Yes. Please, yeah, no judgments. Just get out there and vote. And if it doesn't go your way, don't be a poor sport. Yeah, please don't, don't. <laughs> yes. Just yeah. What, what would what would Mark Wahlberg do? What? No. I thought you were doing the trailer from a uh, <laughs> Grindhouse. Don't. Don't. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody.
We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.